0: What's your job right now? Like, I know you're color commentating for for PFL, mm-hmm. uh, professional fighters professional fighters league or professional fight professional professional fighters league. Professional fighters league. You're color commentating for them. Um, you're also in all three Expendables. I think I heard they're filming another one. I don't know if that's yeah. True. We're supposed to
1: start in the spring. I just read the script. That's so yeah. okay. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, My
0: eleven year old just saw that the
2: first one for oh, yeah. the first time the other day, and uh, he flipped. That's it was awesome. It's a cool like dad son yeah. film to watch that's together. Cool. Yeah, like, that's cool. Yeah, it's a yeah, fun it, one for yeah, sure. Yeah, it was awesome.
0: But you're also running charities. So like, what is how are you dividing up your time? How are you doing all this? Uh, I mean, it's a juggling act, honestly.
1: If you'd have told me twenty years ago I'd need an assistant, I would have laughed at you. <laughs> I don't know honestly what I would do without Valerie right now. <laughs> she keeps me straight, keeps me from double booking, and all. You know, I've I've made all those mistakes at one time or another. So, she re- really helps me kind of navigate. And she's become my filter. You know, everybody comes at you from a different angle and wants something, yeah. ideally. And so. I was one of those guys that said yes too much, was, you know, uh, generally a nice guy and some, oh, cool, yeah, and the next thing you know, you're like, man, I haven't seen the light of day. And so developing that filter to, to kind of help me filter through the stuff that's important that I probably need to do and a bunch of the stuff that I shouldn't or don't want to do.
2: Well, really well, really quick, because I, I, I love I love the charity that you're supporting, and but for some reason, if something falls through, I owned a great club. Okay. Fifteen thousand square foot facility in Soho, downtown oh, New cool. York City. Oh, cool! I will know more tomorrow. So, if you need anything, get my contact info, okay. and we can host you guys. That would be, be great. Just take my place and yeah. enjoy it, and keep and, going. And, you
1: though. know, there, there can be more chapters. I don't know where you know we were at Hensel's, which is clear on the other it's, side it's of just town. The so offer there, in some yeah, calls no, I appreciate that. Thank, me, me and and that. Thank you. Let me
0: If that doesn't work out, you can always go to Don's house. Uh, I, open that, <laughs> I open that. I open his doors to everybody. I appreciate you opening up his house My wife's a great coach. really
2: accommodating. she's watching right now.
0: <laughs> a good guy like that. Uh, but so you haven't slowed down. I know you in October. Uh, it was all over the news. You had, you had a heart attack. You you you, you walked yeah. into the hospital. It was a weird Justin day.
1: And <laughs> you know, Tuesday I, I'm on a horse in a movie in a western with Michael Jai White, and then Wednesday I'm in a cardiac ICU going, "What the heck just What's happened?" Going on, yeah. uh, but I. I uh, a whole bunch of things have come out of this experience. And first of all, I'm feeling great. I feel I probably should have had my blood thinned out a long time ago. I've always had naturally, you know, right up on the norm, the edge of normal, uh, naturally hemoglobin hematocrit, uh, probably part of my Irish heritage and, and just part of being an athlete since I was, you know, five years old. Um, and so they really would have liked me to be able to go to a blood bank on a regular basis and give blood. But I was stationed in Germany in the 80s. So I could have been exposed to mad cow disease. The blood banks don't—they won't just take your blood and throw it away. It's mm-hmm. a biohazard, so they won't deal with me. So I have to work through a, a hematologist, a do, blood doctor, who's—you know—can take that blood and then discard it appropriately. And that requires me to be in town, and I've been so yeah. dang busy, I just haven't stayed up on it. And I've been healthy. You know, I've, I feel great. So sometimes, until something breaks or happens, you don't really know that you need to pay more attention. Uh, so obviously, I have to stay on top of this blood thing. I also had a car accident or altercation back in 94 in Oregon. And I fractured some ribs and punctured a lung and I probably think I did some some damage to that main artery so there's some scar tissue and plaque there. All my other arteries are clear. I don't right. have heart disease. Right. I'm definitely not overweight. No. I'm training on a regular basis and so the doctors are scratching their head like, man, we don't even know what to do with you. What are we going to do? Send you to a rehab center <laughs> right. and curl five-pound weights? We don't know. Yeah. So they <clears throat> you know, went in, put a stint in, sucked out the clot and then they're like, I guess you're clear to train. You know, I want to take it easy and pay attention, but I, you know, I'm already, already in tune with my body for yeah. the most part as a professional fighter for 14 years. So I'm glad I wasn't stubborn that day. You know, I was working out at Unbreakable and, finish, and finishing the workout and feeling like crap. And I'm like, man, I just trained the other day. I feel, you know, this is a similar workout. It just couldn't stop sweating and I had this weird ache and I popped my ribs before. So I thought I popped a rib somehow in the workout. I was like, dang, it's. Bitch, getting old, ain't it? And <laughs> I'm like on a foam roller trying to roll out my rib, and you know, I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> the foam roller's not going to help. It's not working. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you walked out. You walked out. Uh, I time, went right? home. <laughs> I drove home. Yeah. I thought I, I just must have overdone it. Yeah. And I drank a recovery drink and immediately had to go vomit. Yeah. And that's what I knew. Yeah. Something's not up. right. Because I'm not a puker. Yeah. I've never exerted myself so hard that I puked. Some guys do that, and that's fine. But I've never been that guy. And so I was like, something's up. I'm getting the flu or, or something, and I can't get this ache That's to go away. Right, right. And I laid down for about five minutes, and it just would not subside. So I was like, babe, let's, let's walk over to the emergency room. Something's going on. And uh, walked in there, of course, and, hey, I'm having a weird chest pain. I don't know what's going on. I'm like, okay. Took my name, sat me down for about 10 minutes, and then they w- walked me back and put me on the EKG machine. And then all hell broke loose. <laughs> as soon as they hooked me up to the machine, they knew I was having a heart attack, and they, you know, ripping the clothes off, got me in a gurney, rushed me upstairs. My girlfriend's eyes were, you know, Mindy's eyes were this Holy shit, big. Thank and God! you know. So, I mean, that could have happened at your my, house. My, my widowmaker was completely occluded. Oh my God! Uh, from the blood clot, and so they went in, sucked that out, put the stent in to keep the artery open, and then put me on a thinner, put me on a statin. Um, and I
2: feel great. How's your training changed? I mean, I mean, it, honestly, you're at the highest yeah. level. I mean, well, yeah.
1: Well, obviously, I don't, I don't do a lot of hard sparring anymore. I don't do a lot of hard grappling anymore. That discs in the neck are are pretty worn out. So, I, and I don't want to have a neck surgery. So, just really kind of trying to take care of the neck mostly. But I still do a lot of light sparring and still do some grappling and stuff. Uh, mostly focused on the strength and conditioning side of things. Doing a lot of the, you know, the dynamic movements and stuff that I always did as a fighter anyway. Right. And we're kind of putting it into Lock training and, and right. doing a lot of, it's it, and then you know, finish every workout on the mat, doing some form of grappling or, or light sparring or something. And uh, it's, it's been fun, I enjoy Smart. it.
0: Smart. What uh, I'm sure a lot of people are, are always co- younger fighters coming to you for advice uh, on what they could do better. I mean, do you work with a lot of, of younger er, talent?
1: We have a team at, at Extreme Couture. You know, my son came up through the amateur program, Ryan. Uh, I have an amateur team and a pro team. I've got probably 40 fighters in there that are training at various levels and various organizations. And you know, I go in and teach, especially wrestling days on Wednesdays. I'll go in and run, that, run the wrestling practices on occasion. Uh, occasionally, one of the individuals will ask me for special help or a situation or a particular opponent that poses some certain problems. Just kind of try and help them solve those problems. So the biggest thing is I talk to them about recognizing where they're at what they're doing, their window of opportunity here as a professional athlete to make this kind of money, yeah. and better take care of that. File for a business, make an LLC, You know, start writing off the things you can write off, start putting that money somewhere, because you can't fight forever. And most of us, that's what makes us great fighters, yeah. is we have this kind of egocentricity, oh, it'll never happen to me, and yeah. you know, that's what makes us good at what we do. But you got to look at the big picture and make, do, do this way you can, but take care of it so it carries you down the road are some of them thick
2: headed when they give you all the of fires? them are thick headed yeah, <laughs> I, I mean listen I think about myself growing up and I'm, you know it's that, it's that line it's you know my grandfather is a young kid he was telling me things and I was going yeah 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 and I'm like why didn't I listen to him when I was 15 yeah. like, do, do you do you find yourself in that position well and now? I
1: think sometimes it's who you're talking to too yeah if my mom was talking to me or, or my dad or grandpa then I'd probably roll my eyes yeah, yeah. and say okay and they're right most of the you time know, by the but way then, you
2: know,
1: <laughs> yeah generally they are but because yeah. that's who it's coming from you kind of roll your eyes and it doesn't sink in like it mm-hmm. should but then if somebody you admire or respect is saying something similar yeah, then it's like, like yeah. the light bulb goes off and, and I guess that's the spot I tend to be in is you know oh they, they're excited that I have something to say and and something to tell them and so it maybe sinks in where coming from their coach or somebody that they real they deal with on a regular basis it doesn't get in as far
0: was a. That- we, any reservations about your, your son getting into fighting? No, you just like, read my mind. I was you, about like, to ask. No, why don't you just you know, be a banker yeah. or something, like something that's going to be a little less intense? Or were you all for it? Well,
1: I, I was certainly for it because he he has a genuine passion for it. You know, I, I didn't think he was going to do that. Honestly, he, he could have gone to school and wrestled. And he was like, I don't want to wrestle in college, Dad. I just want to go to school. I'm like, okay, you know, we're gonna to have to figure out financially how we make that happen. Which means you might have to work some, but which, which he was willing to do. And he got through that. And and so I didn't, I, you know, I thought he was kind of over the whole, but he was training and and doing muay thai and and grappling for fun to stay in shape to kind of cut that freshman twenty, <laughs> you know, all that sort of thing. And and then when I I hired him away from the bank because he got a degree in math from Western Washington. To run the gym, I was in the middle of my fight career, still traveling. The mm-hmm. acting thing was just starting for me, and uh, and and so uh, he was there about four, maybe five months. He's like, "Dad, I really kind of want to fight." I'm like, "Oh, all right." So <laughs> Yay we kind of come feeling? up. Were you like, oh, I was geez. okay with it yeah. because I, again, I saw that passion that he has as a coach yeah. or a father. If your kid has a passion for something, that I mean, that's all you really want. You want him to find
2: a thing that makes him tick. And this seemed to be it. So, How's he skilled differently than you were? Like watching, looking at you at that age yeah. and now, how are you guys the he, same and how he, are you different?
1: I think he, he's a better grappler, a better submission guy. He has more submissions in his career than I, than I had in my whole career. So I think he focused more on that. He wasn't the bigger guy or the stronger but Neither was I, really, especially in the heavyweight division. But... And I think we're fortunate that we weren't in the same weight class. You know, he was a 155, 170-pounder, somewhere in there, where I was up at heavyweight, two, light heavyweight. So even though he was getting that flashlight shined on him right from the start and kind of had that target on his back because of the last name, we weren't compared to each other because we were in different weight classes in some way. Right. So I think that alleviated a little of that scrutiny and pressure, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but I was never worried about him. I mean, I've been doing this a long time. I've never seen anybody seriously injured. Uh, so, and, and you know, as, as a coach, you know, if, he, he's diligent, he's smart, he he loves this sport. As both a coach and a father, I don't know what more you could ask for, to be How,
0: honest. How's the game changed um, from? When you were coming up in uh, MMA, you had your debut, I believe, at 33 years old.
1: 33, almost 34, in yeah, 1997, That's May of May of 97.
0: Okay, so how has the game changed between now and then? Because you're color commentating now, so yeah. you're, you have to, you know, d- discuss this, and you know, there's probably got to be some comparisons. Uh,
1: uh, well, I'll give you an idea. I mean, my first fight was UFC 13. We held it in in Augusta, Georgia. We had at a civic center, which I think maybe held. Two or three thousand people max, and I think they'd given away most of the tickets to get butts in the seat. Mm. I don't think anybody knew who was fighting on that card. I had never seen my opponents until we stepped on the scale at the Holiday Inn. Oh, so you're not in like trading lobby. to take on no. Like, oh, I took wow. that. I took that Man. on very short notice. It wasn't a lot of footage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It <laughs> wasn't a lot of footage back then. It wasn't like you, you know. And then I, you know, I kind of got into that mode after that, but. Uh, that first fight was was certainly like, what did I get myself into? This is crazy. But uh, yeah, it was, it's, it's completely changed now. I mean, there's footage. You see guys in amateur fights and how they progressed into the pros and where their strengths and weaknesses are. You can really break it down and study it. Um, obviously, they're selling out arenas. Right. They're, they're cordoning off half of the arena just for the weigh-ins. You know, what I did at the Holiday Inn in Augusta, they're now doing in, in the arenas. It, it's changed. We're on the... Tickered, you know, and I mean, it's completely changed that way. We're a fringe sport that most people thought we were crazy or that somehow we were criminals.
2: Where, where were areas early on that you recognized and maybe a coach or someone <clears throat> told you that you, know, you need to develop or something that you really had to dive into and you had to improve yeah, early on? Yeah, it was on? striking
1: for me. Okay. Uh, okay. I've been wrestling since I was 10. And, and, and jujitsu and wrestling are very similar. Jitsu is wrestling inverted in a lot of ways, but similar mindset, similar... T- Tactics and technique—they just flip-flopped. They flopped it over, which took some getting used to. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, took to that. I think like a duct of water. Uh, it was the striking. I'd, I, you know, never really done a lot of striking. Never been in a lot of street fights. I think I trained for a boxing smoker in the army for a couple of weeks just to get out of running in formation in <laughs> boots. And uh, but that was the extent of my striking experience. So I really needed to learn the boxing, the kickboxing, the muay thai. That was one of my favorite styles to train in was muay thai. Interesting.
0: I'm curious about, um, so you, you clearly put in the work and, and to train to become a fighter, and it obviously worked out really well. Are you putting the same type of effort to become an actor and also a color commentator? I think the uh, color commentary thing,
1: I, I'm doing that as a fighter. Okay. I mean, we, have, we look through particular eyes. Right. We see things particularly... Uh, that maybe the average fan doesn't recognize what they're looking at or what, you know, from position and tactics to who that guy looks, you know, I saw him at weigh-ins, he mm. could maybe cut too much. There's a lot of things that we see as fighters that we can shed a light on. Mm-hmm. And, and so I kind of focused on it that way uh, from the commentary thing. And I, I've always been a fairly articulate guy. I got a, a degree in foreign language and literature, I, you know. Uh, I got used to being in front of the camera a long time ago. So there were a lot of those things that just went away that I think would affect most people. Uh, And then, you know, acting is something I absolutely had to work on. I spent my life as an athlete, you know, boxing up my emotions, putting them (laughs) to the side and staying laser-focused on the task at hand. So now they want me to let all this stuff out. And I'm like, this is really
2: weird. (laughs) I mean, Expendables was 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 an early-on role for you, wasn't it? I mean, was that one? No, I started in...
1: Ninety-eight, ninety-nine, with Cradle the to the Grave. Yeah, yes. yeah. Okay. And okay. one line in the movie, me, Chuck, and Tito all got a, a shot in that movie. Uh, they were looking for authentic cage fighters, and obviously, we fit that bill. So, uh, but that was kind of the eye opener for me. It was like going to Oz and yeah. seeing behind the curtain the guy that's making the flames and the smoke yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, uh, I was immediately intrigued with this whole process. I'd been a movie fan since I was a little kid. And now i have actually getting to see and be on a set and, and you know, do this stuff. So I was intrigued and interested in it right away. Started taking some lessons, ended up getting an agent and trying to get better jobs, more interesting jobs. Obviously Scorpion King two was a big boost up with universal expendables, one, two, and three. Huge. All star tops,
2: yeah. And, and though
1: like if you yeah. want to learn this industry, what yeah. better group of guys to be right. around than Stallone and Schwarzenegger, Willis, Harrison, Ford? I mean, gosh, it's what amazing. What was it like
2: getting that group together? I mean, and I know, you know, just certain things you're gonna say and you can't say, but um, yeah, you you have a lot of superstars in yeah. one room, mm-hmm. which can go in, in a very think, bad way. Yeah, all, they, or you can just gel. I mean, how did you feel when you? were I felt Edmund? like
1: we gelled from day one. Right. I think we knew having an ensemble cast of those guys like that, and Sly is the only guy that could really has the juice to pull all that together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he set the tone. Everybody's looking at him. He, you know, Schwarzenegger and everybody else, including. You know, he just set the tone for the whole thing. Uh, it was definitely a pinch-me moment for me yeah. that first time on set. We're all standing around this oh, well, and I'm sick. like, "What am I doing here? This
0: is unbelievable!" Yeah, bigger group of people. Um, no, it's they were they, they 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 put action movies on the map, yeah. and and now they're all together. And you know, as somebody that's you know still <clears> cutting their teeth in the in the action in the action uh, film business, were you trying to get? You know, were you trying to take any tips from them? Were you talking to them? Or were you just kind of pretend like you've been there before and not trying to become... I was just paying attention. Got it. You
1: know, being attentive. Spend some time in Video Village, especially slides of these directing. He wrote that first one. Yeah. You know, watching how Schwarzenegger and Bruce Willis, you know, there's a reason why they've been at the top of that game for as long, because they're absolute professionals. So watching their... It's the same thing young fighters do when they're watching me train or mm-hmm. seeing me in camp. You watch those best guys, and what are they doing? That's what I need to do if I want to be where they're at, so.
0: You also had some reoccurring roles on uh, Hawaii Five-0. Yeah, that was uh, fun. The Unit on CBS. Mm. Now, like, are there things that are thrown at you where you're like, okay, I don't want to play the tough guy. I want to play something different. And I feel like you've done that on things like, you know, Lip Sync Battle and Whose Line Is It Anyway, which I can't, i am still, Whose Line Is It Anyway, I think, to me, is the one that sticks out the most, because improv is super hard. And, I mean, that just, that puts you in a really vulnerable spot. Yeah. So it's. I don't know. I guess I'm just curious as to like where it is you want to go, and if there's things that are thrown at you, and you're like, yeah, I can't do that right now. I
1: no, I, you're exactly right. I did Dancing with the Stars lip sync battle. You know, whose line? Those are things that I think people did not expect from me. Yeah. And I, I want to broaden my horizons. I want to. St- everybody wants to put you in that box, pigeonhole you, if you will. And I'm like, oh, I'm, there's more to me than that. Most people don't know I write poetry. Most people don't know I had a, a degree in foreign language. And literature you know yeah. there's a lot of things all they know is that guy that walked up in the cage and punched people in the face right so developing more fans a bigger fan base letting letting people see those other sides of you so absolutely in acting, I want to do the same thing I love the action genre I've always have and so and that's a I can do the physical stuff with my eyes closed so mm-hmm. but emoting real things playing genuine characters and finding a way to relate to a guy like Jason Duclair on the Hawaii Five-O I mean, I had to really kind of do some homework and create a backstory in some way to relate to this nasty character. Yeah, You know, he, he likes to lock people up and watch them burn. I mean, he's not a nice guy, <laughs> Right. And, but there was a way to play that. And, you know, I grew up in Seattle. Ted Bundy was a, a thing when I was a kid. So here's this charming guy that's luring girls and, yeah. and killing them. I mean, horrible thing, but, but there was something there that... You know, if I'm trying to portray a guy like that, I can kind of, I have some experience there so I can relate to some of that in some way.
0: And you want to make it, you know, you want to bring realism to it. You You have to tell the truth. Yeah, exactly. You're not
1: telling the truth. It's not going to sell. I got to ask one more question. Yeah. It's my last
2: expendable question.
0: No, no,
1: no, please. I'm
2: going to ask. So this is more of a, this is what we were talking about earlier. One guy on the set, okay, yeah. that you would say would give you a run for your money, one guy that you wouldn't actually want to jump in a ring with, or or you think would stump you. Who would that be? Well, I think the the guy
1: first, and I I did a little sparring with Dolph, and Dolph has a he's one of the few in the whole set that has uh, you know a combative sports background in Kyokushin karate. Competed, he was still competing when we were shooting Expendables too. He was still going out and competing. He, his knees were bothering him quite a bit, but uh, you know he's a big, tall guy. Long rangey. I mean, I better figure out how to get past that range of exchanges and see if he can stop a double leg in a hurry <laughs> or, or, or he's going to pose some very significant problems for right, you. Right. There may be stitches in your near future. So, yeah, okay. uh, awesome. all fun. the other guys are great at what they do. I mean, sure. Terry Crews mm-hmm. is an amazing athlete, strong yeah, as a yeah. horse. You know, Schwarzenegger and Stallone, I mean, we all know, and, and Sly is a huge, avid boxing and fight fan. So, and he, you know, he knows the technique he can move. Statham will be the first one to tell you that, you know, and he's been training in jiu jitsu and learning a lot of stuff, and he's in, and, you know, obviously a great Olympic caliber diver. So he has that acrobatic kind of background. Moves very well, yeah. He, you know, Jet Li, I, I ran Jet Lee over in Cradle to the Grave, <laughs> you know, in our one fight scene. I, I literally mowed him over. He didn't get out of the way. I thought the director was going to lose his mind. I just ran over the star of his movie, but uh, you know, and he's like, "Oh I'm, a, I'm I'm not a fighter and, you know, I'm 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 a martial artist," and he'd be the first one to tell you that. Uh, but, I, get it. Uh, I get it.
2: Awesome. Thank you.
0: I have a question about when you're so when you're uh, working a fight with, with PFL and you're looking at it from a fighter's perspective, is it is it frustrating or, you know, when you're with somebody that doesn't have that and they say something stupid that you're like, you know, did, I could see that being Really frustrating because you've been there and they haven't.
1: No, he, he, in some ways, especially uh, in the earlier days of MMA, and Mike Goldberg was that guy. He's kind of the straight. Yeah, you know, he doesn't know that much about the sport. He isn't grappling. He isn't you know, technically. He, he's kind of new, so they ask the questions that that you kind of want them to ask because they don't know, and then you can kind of elaborate and. I see. and and explain the situation or the tactic or the technique. And it's educational, because there's a whole bunch of other people out there that are watching that TV, and they don't know what they're looking at either. Yeah, um, We have an amazing booth with the PFL. I mean, Sean O'Connell was a, a accomplished, obviously, last year's champion LA of uh, the heavyweight Our booth is amazing. Those yeah. guys you know, are great fighters. So I'm sitting to, next to two guys that, that absolutely know what they're looking at.
0: And Sean does a great job of teeing us up, you know. Okay, so someone someone's there to kind of like drive the shit, move it along, and then you he guys. He knows are the there. Thug Master is going to be great at the yeah. striking
1: and all of that, or really okay. good at jujitsu. If it's a wrestling situation or a takedown or clinch work, then he's going to throw Got that it. to me, and and it just it really functions well. It's it, it works really really nicely. I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna get a
1: Eve Edwards is you know a great guy and and knows his sport as well as anybody. He was one of my favorite fighters to watch. I, it's this guy even sweat. I mean, he's like, so calm and composed out there, I wonder if he even sweat sometimes.
0: Don's gonna yell at me later, because I said stupid. It's foolish. Foolish. Don, Don, oh. Don, 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 yeah, Don. There's something with our, with our, with my
2: kids early on. I've got a 12-year-old and 11-year-old when they were like 5 and 4, and like, uh-huh. I would say stupid, and my wife would say,
0: no, don't say stupid. It's foolish. Foolish. Uh-huh. So,
2: uh-huh. so we always make a joke. So, of it, so. yeah,
0: because Don always gives me, like, the finger wag. Yeah, um, yeah, it's okay. so, sorry about that. Um... I did have, I want to bring in the wheel, but I did have one quick question, yeah, yeah. I think this is important. So when you get involved in, you know, a league uh, that's that's taking on a juggernaut like UFC, mm-hmm. how are you positioning uh, the league to, to compete and to kind of take away from yeah. some of that, uh, those? Oh, I
1: understand that, and, and, you know, initially when the old owners of the World Series of Fighting approached me about being involved with them... That was the first thing they said, oh, we're going to crush the UFC. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You guys yeah. are barking up the wrong tree. That's not the way to go about this. There's Good. plenty of room on the playing field for all of us, first of all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you think you're going to poke the bear like that, you know, that, it's just a really bad idea. Right. So one of the things I loved when the rebranding came around and they asked me to get involved in being do color was that that wasn't their goal. Mm-hmm. They knew they had a completely different, unique format. They're going to make their own mark. They want to take care of the fighters really well give them the opportunity to, to be a professional athlete and, and know what their schedule is during the regular season, which is normally not the oh. case as a fighter. You're constantly negotiating and hoping for that next fight, and right. you don't know where that's going to be. We don't have that problem. Oh, that's season starts cool. May. You know you got, if you're doing well and winning, you've got five fights to, to, in the year, and you're going to get through those five fights. And It's not about publicity stunts or talking trash. It's right. about winning. It's about competing and winning. And He's I love that about the format. Yeah. So so it was never about room. taking on the UFC or, or, you know, shutting them down or doing better right. than they do. We're we are different, completely different. Great, I, we, you know, we're actually on the same network. We're all on ESPN, so yeah. we're happy the UFC's is doing what they're doing, and mm-hmm. I hope they're happy we're doing what we're doing, and we're making our mark in different ways. And I love that attitude just about the sport, organization.
2: A positive value to the sport is the yeah, the it's about, yeah. One, yeah, it's not about wanting somebody wins, else to do bad or or not. I guess because
0: like you know, when you think of. I always think of like the, you know, Dana White in a sense is kind of, and I don't know him, but kind of in the same, uh, Vince McMahon. You know, they both run these two, you know, big, it's crazy... It's a pretty good games. analogy. <laughs> and, yeah, and like they're, from what I know, like I, I, I know people that work at WWE, I work there, so I know the way Vince operates. And, and I've heard stories about the way Dana operates, and mm. it sounds very similar. So it just seems like, is there animosity when... People that were with UFC go and and do other things. Uh, th- is there kind of like this, you know, like does that cause issues? Issues for who? For, for Dana I, White, maybe. maybe or yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. Like, does Dana White, or does he, it? He, I don't know. I guess does it? Does he make it difficult, or try to make it difficult, or is he? He a dick can. About it? Yeah. He can. Yeah. All those, all those things have happened, or can happen. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: you know, it really just depends. You just there, it every situation yeah. is different, and um, you know he's running a huge show and and he's the man in charge and so obviously he want, he's going to want to do it his way or or it's going to be the highway mm-hmm. and that can be difficult to deal with sometimes That's again a- I don't really—I look at the individual athlete, what's best for him, where does he want to go, what's best for his career. He's the one putting his butt on the line. Right. I focus on that. The promoters, they, they all they have their flavor, their brand, and that's what they're they're true to. For they're me, it's about the they all going to do fighters. what's best for themselves Yes, absolutely, because the end of the day, right. it's a business. Right, right.
2: at a certain point, you got to look at what you're doing and asking yourself, are you fulfilled? And maybe right. there's something a little bit different or a different direction that you're saying to yourself, yeah. you know what, UFC was good to me for a certain period of time. Now I want to go do this, I'm and the, I feel yep. I can add value from a different capacity. That's so right. exactly, so, that's business at, that's <laughs> but,
0: but it makes sense, like why wouldn't you want to know what your year is going to look like and how you can prepare for it and mm-hmm. become like a better athlete, a better fighter by, by honing in on those rather than, you know, I could see wanting to flock to that and wanting to do that as a fighter. Well
2: I feel like that's more of a Pure fighting almost. I'm not, I'm not devaluing what the other guys are yeah, doing. Well, you made it a, a, a
1: comparison to, to WWE. Right. Uh, and I think that's absolutely the model that the UFC is using. You yeah. look at the guys that are rewarding, the Conor McGregor's, the guys that. Create those yeah. publicity stunts and those right. pu- talking the most trash and doing those are the guys that are getting the nod. It's not about the rankings. They're mm-hmm. not following that ranking structure. Yeah. You're going to bump that number six guy up if he gets a headline or does something sensational. He's going to get the nod to fight for the title because at the end of the day, they want to sell pay per views. They want to they sell tickets. So yeah. that's the WWE model.
0: Yeah, uh, it is. It's whoever can. And that's
1: why, can, one can of the, the reasons why I like working for the PFL because it's not
0: about any of that. Right. Uh, Best it's about wins. going
1: out there and winning in fights.
0: Yeah. So I wanted to, uh, can we bring in our wheel? Oh, Let's do to. this. So we have this, our, our closing segment. Um, we're still coming up with a name for it, but basically we just have a wheel, kind of like a carnival wheel. We spin it. It's really a good way to get to know something about you, uh, oh, something okay. different about you okay. and us. Uh, okay. I've, learned, I've learned things about Don that terrify me. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I but for the most part, it's it's pretty, pretty easy going. And I actually have... Oh, one quick question, too, was uh, I didn't know that you were such a Burt Reynolds fan. Oh, uh, look at that. that, you, you, that you found like, that online. I, I told him to hang on the wall. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, that, that was, that it was, was kind <laughs> of
1: a, a situation Hilarious. of necessity. You know, Horny Mike from, from uh, <laughs> County Cars, <laughs> it's funny. He, he called me out after Burt died. They were doing burnouts for Burt, yeah, and he did right? this big video and posted it on social media, calling me out, saying, come on, do burnouts for Burt. Well, I was in Colorado. I live on a dirt road i don't have a car that's going to be doing burnouts on a dirt road and so i'm like "Well, man i can't do burnouts and, and i'm not going to be back till next year from colorado it's phenomenal so my, my girlfriend came up with this idea she's like well you could do that you know that pose thing that phenomenals did and and uh,
0: you know you don't have to take your clothes
1: off or anything i said well why the hell why not <laughs> yeah you might as well go for it <laughs>
0: oh, okay. uh, i just want it's funny because i wasn't expecting that when i went on your instagram and i just it was hilarious. Like, uh, it was just where's so that funny. picture again? We it's, should uh, do a little. We should do a little <laughs> poll.
2: Uh, I want to do a little poll. <clears throat> Who wears the pose better, uh, or, or yeah. Randy? Uh. Please vote. Reps at muscleandfitness.com. dot com. Yeah, that's right. awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Fantastic. So what we're
0: gonna do is this. Yes. Uh, at some point, we're gonna have a bigger space to where the person is actually gonna be able to spin it themselves. But for now, since we don't, we're uh, in New York. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. This used to be my office. The so Standard um, New York apartment, right? We're gonna give this five spins, and we and the things that are on here sometimes they're just they're pretty easy questions such as your pet peeves um, and other ones we're gonna just explain to you as as we go along if they get on there but it's pretty easy okay. um, and let's do it that, go um, okay, take, it. Ready? take it. go see that the follow-through okay five, five, second, five rule. second rule so okay this is a game that I've never played and what it is I'm gonna take a card out of here a random card okay and I'm gonna read it. okay so I'm gonna name you gotta name three things that you can do in a car other than drive. You've got five seconds. Listen to music, uh, have sex, uh, crash. Alright. That's five. That's five. <laughs> <laughs> what would you have said? Well, actually, you know what, maybe I'll do one with Don, too, I just would, to get this going. Sure. Let's try it. I was I stuck on have sex. So yeah, <laughs> I know, that's, that's that was I the couldn't one think that, anything was the that <laughs> yeah, I was in was like, that was it. <laughs> uh-huh. Alright, Don, name three things, okay, no, I screwed up. <laughs> name three things you do, wait, I don't even think you know what that is, it's for younger kids. So, you I'm stupid? No, uh, foolish? no, no, foolish. <laughs> okay. Name three times fast is better. That, what? Name three times fast is better, man. Fast is better. For, wait, what do you mean? Name three times? What does that mean? Like driving, racing. Oh, I didn't I understand know. the question. Right. Let's move okay, on. That's, uh, Fighting. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. All right. You're up. I down. got it now. Thank you. Terrible question. Believe terrible it,
0: spin. <laughs> Talk about a terrible question. Okay. What was I thinking? What was I thinking? So. Name one UFC fight in your career that you regret taking. Like, what were you thinking when you took this fight?
1: Oh, gosh. I don't think I have a moment like that. No? Uh-uh. Okay.
0: So okay. then, <laughs> is there one fighter that you regret not being able to fight? Yeah, Fedor. Okay. I think, you know,
1: he was ranked number one at the world kind of when I was at my peak and I was ranked number two, and I'm like, this is the guy I want to fight. If you want to be number one, you got to right. fight the best guy.
2: And
1: that led to later issues with Dana and, and the UFC, but... Uh, But that was the one fight that never happened that I would have liked to have seen happen.
0: Okay. Do you... uh, That's great. I want to just add one thing. I think your extreme couture clothing line is much better than the Affliction stuff that everybody used to wear, that like when we watch (laughs) on UFC, they're all walking out to the ring with Affliction and I'm like... What happened? Like, what was that? Like, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't get it. Well,
1: I'm a, I'm a big fan of Affliction, and actually, they make the Extreme Couture clothing are well, well, it's so. diff- different style. We've been styles. partners for a long time. But different yes, styles. there was a certain graphic-driven flash to, yes. to the Affliction line. We then. should
0: have been in Extreme Couture shirts here. We didn't prepare for uh, that. I, <laughs> I know, I know. That's That's no, The time. new I'll line's howitzer, howitzer.
1: Howitzer clothing. Howitzer. Check out howitzer clothing. Awesome. Right. Cool. Cool. Very patriotic.
2: Here we go. Better spin than I just had.
0: Right. There you go. Trivia. Trivia. Oh, Okay. right. Let's see. Who was the first UFC champion ever? Royce Gracie. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? I, oh, I I had a feeling he did that one. And there's some that I don't... Okay. This one I was on the fence about, but I'll ask it anyway. Name the winner of Season 5 of The Ultimate Fighter. Season 5. Oh, my God. That's tough. I, that I know. A well, that's a th- that's why I, I pushed back on it, because I, I was like, yeah. oh, that's a tough one. Nate Diaz. Oh, that's it was. yeah oh, I, mean, see, I should
1: have known that because he was—he's was competing against my boy uh, Gray Maynard, and in, uh, in that one. So
0: when people, okay, when you got two friends that are fighting, um, you know, and they're both calling for advice, do, how, do, <laughs> how do you tow that? One? <laughs>
1: You'd be as objective as you can be and you know, it's not about one guy winning or losing It's you know, you want them both to go out and have great performances mm. if Somebody's going home unhappy. Mm-hmm. I, I came from that wrestling background I've wrestled some of my best friends for the spot on the team. One of us was going home pissed off, right? I mean, that's just how it is. So and, I never got too caught up in all that stuff. I, you know, it was just the nature of the sport. So uh, Yeah, you just be as objective as you can
0: are you an anomaly in it though like I feel like a lot of people like as you're talking about compartmentalizing your, your emotions a lot of people just let them out where that could be I'm assuming I'm the, you know clearly not a coach here but dangerous to a fighter because they're not thinking yeah really.
1: well I think some of that is done I- in a very specific fashion as part of marketing okay I don't think there's a lot of that that's genuine okay rarely have I seen two guys that genuinely did not like each other okay. Uh, you know and I think maybe Ken Shamrock and Tito were the two guys that really just did not care for each other and you didn't want them to even be around each other oh wow. in you know yeah. in interviews or anything because it, it could get rough yeah and, and uh, <clears throat> but that was one of the I think a lot of it's more fabricated marketing they're trying to generate heat I mean that's the truth okay. I think most of the guys are pretty good at containing their emotions staying very focused and going out and doing what they what they needed to do
0: All right. last question I had was uh, was there any diet or, or workout trend uh, from the past that you regret taking part in or that you tried out and found out it was garbage?
1: I think the big, big thing for a little while there was this whole creatine phase and, and obviously we had a couple of wrestlers that were loading up on creatine and then they were cutting weight you know, which is, you know, it's a water-based system. And, yeah. and it ultimately led to a couple guys passing away from, they shut their kidneys down. And then once your kidneys go, it's a domino effect for the rest of your organs. And, and, and I think the media didn't say it, but I think there was a creatine fact, you know, the, the product of creatine is creatinine. And that's what, what, shut their kidneys down was they were so dehydrated from cutting weight and they had all this extra creatine on board that it was it was an issue that was my opinion that's on no doctor right. no, but I, that's what i, I saw noticed,
2: i've worked with a bunch of doctors where i actually saw the combination of creatine and specific athletes who would consume an excessive amount of say alcoholic beverages mm. and i think the combination of them really forced those creatinine levels to elevate and you know some some kidney call distress, yeah. not not serious damage but i could i, I could see it yeah. I, I think we,
1: it. we made a big deal out of protein mm-hmm. you know in this bodybuilding
2: era mm-hmm.
1: or or lifestyle has kind of fashioned a lot of what we see as fit and fitness and I don't think it's very accurate sometimes. And right. some of those guys that may look great, you yeah. know, this guy Schwarzenegger, I mean he's he's a friend and yeah. you know, back in his day he looked amazing, but he probably wasn't the healthiest guy walking around no, said, of some you know, of those practices.
2: And, and I saw I think Conor McGregor was talking about how much steak he was eating up a yes, a fight. But, you know, and the argument that I have is that maybe he was consuming so much protein and he was well, he's an athlete. I mean he really Mm-hmm. Needs, like I'm, I'm a carb dominant person. I love mm-hmm. to consume a high amount of carbohydrates. What I'm seeing with these athletes is that they start consuming so much protein that their body starts utilizing that muscle building block and it starts converting it to an energy source because they don't have enough carbohydrates in their system. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you on that, but I definitely do see that we put so much value into protein, which yeah. is important, right. but we're not valuing carbohydrates to have that enough. Balance, yeah. yeah an athlete, you need carbs yeah, to perform. Absolutely, in that, you know, it's it's
0: yeah a problem. I mean, so how are you, how did you deal with weight cuts? That seems like That's the worst tough. part of like the job. Yeah, Brutal. Well, And there's a good. right
1: and a wrong way to do anything, and when you get it wrong, you absolutely know it because you feel like crap, and you're not going to recover appropriately, and you're it's going to affect your performance. So, getting that dialed in, getting your body fat tested, getting your specific gravity, your 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 wow. hydration level tested, knowing where you're at. Uh, where your fat-free body is, what's reasonable weight for you to make, and, and being realistic, having coaching staff and people around you that are going to be realistic. We have this Crazy American attitude that more is better in a lot of things, and oh my gosh, I'm a stud at 170. Imagine what it would be like at 145. I right. said, no, you're not going to be the same person yeah. right. at 145. How
2: lean did you get? What was the leanest you think you got?
1: I like? think I, when I cut down at 205, and that first time I went predominantly to a green, high alkaline, plant-based diet. It wasn't. I'll never be a vegan, but uh, it was you're a lot more towards strong. that. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and uh, you know, I wanted that. Alkalinity to counter all the acidity and things from working out and and stress and all that. That was probably the healthiest and the leanest I was. And I was probably around four, four and a half percent. Pretty lean. Uh Huh? Did you feel I felt great. That was my whole reason for going kinda going to that. I was working with Ryan Parsons who's kind of a guru in, in nutrition and uh, he kind of helped me with my diet. I didn't want to get weaker. I knew right. I wasn't that big as a heavyweight anyway. I walk around at 220. So, you know, I really had to fight to keep my weight on during camps when I was fighting heavyweights. And, you know, I would come down at 215, 212 during camp sometimes, which is easy to make water weight wise uh, for 205.
0: Yeah. So, uh, but it, it's six a balance. I'm one yeah. I'm six one, yeah.
2: Very, very
0: close. All right, we've got two more spins so and, then, spin, uh, yeah, and then, yeah, and then we'll close shop.
2: That was an aggressive spin right there. Let's see what we have.
0: On set. On set. Okay. On set. Page two. <laughs> oh, Oops. the picture. What was that? <laughs> We're going to hang that uh, one up. Yeah. It's <laughs> going up on the hey. wall of over uh, There's that. a video that actually goes <laughs> with that. Um, yeah, we that. do. we got to put That's it in going the episode. Up on the wall. Um, okay, we got a couple here. What movie franchise would you love to be a part of and why?
1: Uh, I've been reading for a, a bunch of these Marvel roles. You know, everybody just loves to see their comic book heroes come to life, literally yeah. with with the CGI and everything that we're doing now. It's really kind of amazing era in filmmaking. I mean, there's a reason why they're making all the Disney films over in live action now yeah. because they can actually do it and make it look right. And so I think being a you know being a part of one of these marvels, I, I read for uh, Deadpool two mm-hmm. uh, for for. The role, uh, that cyborg role, and it would have been a fun role. I would have really liked to f- uh, pl- portray
0: that character. So, when you go into these auditions, is it? Are you, do you get nervous at all, or is it just nobody's like, oh, punching literally. me in the face? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's I also, mean, that literally sets the bar for everything yeah. that I do. <laughs> it's like six years in the army, getting punched in the face uh, for a profession, and then yeah. I guess walking into in yeah. twenty thousand people in your board <laughs> shorts. <Yeah>. You know? <laughs> you're,
1: you're never more vulnerable and exposed than you are in that moment. So maybe this.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah that's well, work. and you know.
1: <laughs> so, again, nobody was punching me in the face. I think I'm going to be okay. Love
0: it. Any role that you read for that you were like, I killed it, this is mine. I I want this and it kind of it went to somebody else and it just was a bummer, like a gut punch. That 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 one. Deadpool role I was one. See
1: that. Yeah. And you yeah, know, that was one I felt like I I really did well. It was that um uh, Robert Rodriguez film recently. Uh the, something angel. Uh, um, I read for a role in that, and then they kind of went a whole different did direction. Do Sin City
2: is that the same guy who did Sin City? Yes, yes. Uh, no, that was so, uh, Zach.
1: Zach Schneider did Sin City. I think Robert Rodriguez was involved in that too, but he also had that. that Double feature that they did. That
2: he's I know he's an amazing yeah. amazing director and yeah, guy. That's very cool.
0: Don actually trains uh, Ryan Reynolds. So Don, you're gonna about have to. well
2: twelve years. See, I was with him this morning. actually. Yeah. I'm we're gonna, gonna all... have to drop that on for Deadpool three. Well, yeah, I was gonna uh, say God.
0: like uh, like let's make this happen. We make this happen. Like, come man. on, like we can uh, bridge. Not it. always in his hands. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Fair enough. He'd probably like to think he had that much juice to, be able to make <laughs> those kind of calls.
0: Any uh, mm-hmm. any directors that you've worked with that have. Um, been, you know memorable or I'm always curious as the ones that are tyrannical and like want to like cross the line and you're just like
1: Do you know I haven't had I haven't had that experience. I really enjoyed working with David Mamet mm-hmm. um, Did did red belt with David Mamet. And that's what ultimately led to those episodes of the unit
0: nice
1: uh, And he was an amazing amazing writer and an amazing director Stallone, I mean uh, to work with him yeah. And, and he's not a tyrant by any stretch of the imagination but both those guys are like they're just words on a page you know you can say it the way you need to say it to to, to, to make you know, make it the truth to, you know, got and, it and uh, i learned a lot from both of those guys working with both of those so guys. it's
0: not like tarantino when like it has to be delivered exactly like they're, they're saying feel it like let the character kind of come to life yeah
1: well and you know i Although I've been doing this for twenty years now, I still feel like I'm learning every time I go out there. So I want to, I want to learn. You yeah. know, so tell me how you want me to do it, and let's see if we can figure out how to make that happen. And that's a good learning experience for me. So I, I'm never going to push back on those sorts of things, unless I just absolutely think it's wrong. But uh, yeah,
0: do you watch your, uh, do you watch what you do? Do you watch your movies and and, and your TV not screen?
1: till they're done. Yeah, your first glimpse is in ADR when you have to do some voiceover stuff because the sound is there's always issues with sound, and that's your first. glimpse chance to kind of see what they're putting together and see the scenes or the film you never see the whole picture but then going to the premiere that's the fun part about Mm -hmm. the premiere is you finally get to see the finished product and everything that went into it and and that's what's really cool and really fun but i don't like it's weird watching myself yeah especially when i'm on set i don't like to go and look at the scene because then you get in your own head and now you're not you're not kind of being true to how it feels yeah yeah.
0: i know don doesn't like watching himself because i don't think he's watched one episode of this show what are you talking about? On YouTube? Yeah, the well, whole I mean, thing? gonna... No, Not tough. the whole thing. <laughs> 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 kind of. Kind All right,
2: of f- last one. Little truth to everything.
0: Yeah, we uh, no, look at yeah. you.
2: We, you know, I thought we were going to get away with it.
0: All right, okay, we got this. Oh. Oscar speech. Uh-huh. So you have just won an Oscar, uh, and you're going to tell us what you won the Oscar for, and you're going to give us a little. Ten, five, fifteen second speech, hmm. either thanking people or just, you know. Whatever you want to say, though, the floor is yours. So we, you we say ten or fifteen. I think it's changing. What do we do? I don't know. Well, it's fifteen we, we, seconds. Uh, we we got to fifteen seconds. But he needs something. He needs to have something. Like uh, we got to give him a trophy of some sort. You will get. <laughs> you will get the red Spartan. The red Spartan. <laughs> helmet. So this, this is this is your Oscar. And, uh, so the, I love I'm it. Drive I'm gonna now. count yeah. it down.
2: Ready? Here well, we that's
1: out. a fitting. That's a fitting trophy. I like that. I think, like I that. think that's so. Not bad. Yeah. Three. Two. Well, thank one. you very much. I could have never imagined being here. When I set out on this journey, I never expected that I would reach this level. And and I can't thank you guys enough. My agent, my acting coach, my manager, you guys have all been amazing and helped me get here. I couldn't have done it without you. Thanks, Mom. Uh, And uh, and by the way, Epstein didn't kill himself.
0: And all right. So, yeah, that's a way to end strong right there. I mean, that's the way you end strong. you to leave them more, right? I love it. Uh, I love it. Uh, listen, um, Randy, I want to thank you yes. a ton for coming in. Really, it was a real pleasure to meet you and, and to speak with you. And and I know that, uh, you know, where can everybody find uh, the, the various projects you're doing? Um, Can you can you let us know where we can social yeah, media or whatever? Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm on Facebook, and I have a you know, red page, Randy the Natural Couture, uh, uh, both on, and then Randy... Underscore cotour on Twitter, mm-hmm. XC Natch on the Instagram. Uh, yeah, you definitely find me out there, and I try to keep keep people up to date with what's going on, and where I'm headed, and what I'm doing, and all the charity stuff and and uh, all that. So.
0: And PFL would just be is it PFL.com? PFL. Um,
1: Yeah, it's League.
0: I was going to say, just just um, Google it. I mean, it'll show up if you just... And and
1: obviously, we're back here at the Hulu Theater at Madison Square Garden for the finale on New Year's Eve, 7 to 11 on ESPN2, and you can go to Ticketmaster to find tickets can
2: you Can you mention your charity's name one more
0: time? Uh, Org or Extreme Couture GI Foundation. Very cool. And I have a question about the New Year's Eve show. Is that... um, are fighters gonna have to fight twice? For- no. No That's okay. the finale. Okay. They
1: fought twice to get to the finale in the playoffs. So these are the guys that came through that that gauntlet Man. and uh How be six amazing fights.
0: I mean you you know, you've been through many fights. Like did you ever do a of two fights in a one, bunch of times. Yeah. yeah,
1: in the early days, it was more common. Wow. Uh, and and obviously, there are not a lot of organizations, uh, athletic commissions, that will sanction multiple fights in one night. And, uh, the, the PFL was smart. The first quarterfinal fight is a two-round fight, and the semifinal fight is a three-round fight. So you're still only fighting five rounds in one night. It's just you have two different opponents. I so see. that's the caveat. Uh, so cool. that's kind of how you get around the regulation that you know of. Uh, Normally on my first UFC I fought twice that night. And those were two minute fights potentially. Brutal. So I mean that's a grind. I that's did that brutal. in Japan too and Man. fought more than one time in a yeah. night.
0: I don't <laughs> I don't know. I just I'm thinking about like having to, to go through that. I guess you, it just when you're, when you're conditioned for it there's, or you're mentally yeah, ready you're, for it. Like,
1: absolutely. Yeah. And there's strategy involved. And yeah. you, know, you obviously go out in that first fight and try to do, do your best to get it over as quickly as possible, but at the same time, not sustain damage or anything that's going to affect you. <sighs> if you do win to transition into the semifinals when it really counts, that's what's getting you into the big money. So,
0: and, and I feel like as as a fan, you're getting more bang for your buck because you're going to be able to see more than, you know, more the, the person, especially especially if you're going there to see yeah. that person, you get to see them more than once. Which Well, is and always, I
1: think that's why this whole regular season season, playoffs, <laughs> yeah. you, you kind of get to follow a fighter through this journey in these five fights and see who wins the championship and you get to know them, whether you're cheering for them or right. rooting against them, you still kind of get to know these guys and I really like that. I think there's a reason why there are Saints fans and Giants fans and Seahawk fans because right. there's just kind of that aspect. You get to root for somebody through a, through the whole journey.
2: That's cool. I love it. Alright, cool. so we have at c on Instagram. At Don Saladino Okay, and you Instagram. can ask us questions reps at muscleandfitness.com Randy Couture, definitely one of our favorite guests. Yeah. We were both like two little kids today when you we were coming in. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate so hopefully that. hopefully we didn't screw
0: that up. But yeah. thank you again. Thanks <laughs> for your fun. time. Congratulations on you. your
2: charity, your career, everything that you've done. It's really, thank it's, you, it's remarkable. Yeah. I appreciate really. it. Thanks
0: again, man. Thank awesome. you.
2: Cool.